Welcome to this episode of Real Christianity. My name is Dale Partridge, where each week I offer 15 to 20 minute answers to tough theological and pastoral questions. This is a 100% listener-supported audio ministry of relearn.org. And for those who don't know, our mission at relearn.org is to educate and equip ordinary Christians to plant biblical, confessional, and missional house churches. For more information, just visit relearn.org forward slash house. Welcome to Real Christianity. I'm your host, Dale Partridge. As many of you know, you can find the show notes for these episodes on our ministry's website at relearn.org. If you're new here, welcome. Uh, For the past few years, we've been doing this show, and for the past year, I've been answering pastoral questions each week from our audience. But in the coming weeks, we're going to be shifting to a new format that'll primarily uh, help listeners learn how to study their own Bible with accuracy. Uh, Each week, we're going to be looking at a particular verse. We're going to analyze it, observe it, interpret it, and apply it. And yes, we're going to hit all types of passages uh, dealing with the hard issues that confront our lives each day. Uh, At the end of the day, uh, I don't want thousands of Christians dependent upon my ability to faithfully interpret the scriptures. Uh, What I really want, and what every pastor should want, is uh, thousands upon thousands of Christians who know how to faithfully interpret the scriptures on their own. Uh, We don't need to become theologians and understand hermeneutics and exegesis and original language to be faithful interpreters. And we're going to learn how that process looks, um, looking at verse-by-verse exposition. What does that really mean? And so in a few weeks, we're going to move into our new format. But for now, we're going to continue on answering your pastoral questions. Um, a quick prayer, uh, quick prayer request, I should say, before we get started. We just had 13 more men enroll in our house church training program at Reformation Seminary. Uh, this is in addition to our already 15 uh, students who are being trained and prepared to plant biblical house churches around the world. Uh, we have men who are planting in Costa Rica, Denmark, Canada, and 14 different states here in the U.S., And uh, these are um, faithful men who are prepared and qualified, according to Scripture, to go and pastor and plant churches. And we would love your prayers uh, for them over their families, over their mission, and that we would have more men step up who are ready to plant these biblical house churches. And uh, just a, a thing on Reformation Seminary, we we do need your support. Uh, many of you guys are actually donors to relearn.org, uh, but I'd love to ask you to consider um, putting some of your uh, Christian giving toward our efforts at Reformation Seminary. As the persecution grows here in the West, and it's a slow-growing process, as we're going to hear today, uh, the need for biblically trained house church planters is increasing, and it is increasing fast. Um, Our team is tight at Reformation Seminary, and if you'd like to support our church planting efforts, uh, we just actually officially received our 501c3 nonprofit status for Reformation Seminary, so we can now take those tax-deductible donations, and you can do it a variety of ways. You can support uh, students' tuition, so 
men can enroll. There's been several men who want to enroll and just can't afford it. We try to do a half off process for those men who meet certain qualifications. Um, but it would be great to be able to underwrite uh, some tuition for some students who just can't afford it but are qualified and ready to go. Um, you can also support specific pastors who are about to plant because going off and planting a church uh, for several months, they're going to be a lot of labor and no giving likely in return. And so supporting those pastors is a great way to support. You can also just support our efforts as a school, as a training program, as a missionary uh, nonprofit and our staff and what we're doing. So we do need your support to continue this important kingdom work. Um, our donate page is actually still being developed right now. So um, if you want to, at this point, just email me at dale at reformationseminary.com and I can get you connected to our donor manager. Uh, but thank you for just praying over that. And um, at the very minimum, just continue praying for us in our efforts there. Uh, these are um, exciting times to be alive for the church, and we are preparing these men for the new and next generation of uh, house church in the West. So as for today, I wanted to answer the question that came in from Nicola, and she lives in Calgary in Alberta, Canada, which there is a lot going on there. And she asks, quote, several pastors have been arrested here in Canada for hosting full church services. Is this persecution or is this just public safety? The truth is we can still freely worship here. We just have to do it over the internet. All right, so this is a pretty common question. A lot of people are answering this question I've seen on Twitter and having you know heated discussions about it. Um, I actually put a post out on our Instagram account at relearn. Org. Um, you can follow us there to follow these things. But I put a post out that actually was shared by, I mean, hundreds of people shared it on stories, but, uh, you know, almost 12,000 people or so had actually seen the post. And so I just wanted to uh, continue it over here because I think it was important and, and struck a chord with many people. Um, it was a question that I answered similarly to the one that Nicola asks. Um, and I wrote, and I'll kind of um, ad lib as I'm going here, but unfortunately, there are many people who are ignorant of church history and the history of Christian persecution. And Nicola, um, you know, might, you might not have a history of, of uh, understanding Christian persecution. You might not have studied church history. Not many people have. So this is something that is very new to the Western church. We haven't spent a lot of time studying church history. Um, you know, the United States is a relatively, in the United States and Canada, relatively new nations in comparison to when you go over to Europe where you have history all around you. But unfortunately, we just are ignorant as a society of church history and Christian persecution. Uh, for example, today in China, you can, quote, worship freely as well. If by freely, you mean that you can worship according to the government's regulations on Christian churches. Okay, in China, uh, Christianity is a public health issue just like COVID is, right? It's a public health issue to China right now. The Chinese Communist Party doesn't want Christians polluting the mental state of others and, and placing the Lordship of Jesus Christ above their commitment to their Chinese government. 
Now, in Canada, it's kind of the same story with a different twist. They don't want Christians polluting the physical state of others and placing their commitment to Jesus Christ above the Canadian government. Now, um, until we realize that government-sanctioned Christian persecution or just government-sanctioned religious persecution is a slow incremental process. It's like boiling a lobster that's alive. At first, it's like, oh, this is warm. Okay, it's not that bad. Okay, it's getting a little bit hot, you know, and then all of a sudden you're dead and being cooked, right? Um, Until we realize that Christian persecution by the government is always a slow, historically, it's always a slow incremental process. We're going to fail to see the forest, the trees. When a government demands loyalty to itself above its citizens' loyalty to their God, that's when you have the central ingredient of state-imposed religious persecution. And that's what we're seeing in Canada. That's what we're seeing in many parts of Europe. That's what we're seeing in China. That's what we're seeing in the Middle East. Um, and, and this is only the beginning. And, and I do admit, it can be difficult to see. Uh, if you don't understand history, you don't understand how these things, these slow fades happen, it's very difficult to see the early signs. It's very easy to see it once it's right upon us. But in the coming months to years, I really do think that it's going to become much more apparent uh, to these countries, including here in the United States. Uh, my good friend, Kosti Hinn, uh, wrote out a tweet. I wanted to read it because it sounded very much in alignment with what I was saying. And we had not read each other's posts uh, prior to writing this. He wrote, quote, Pray for the Canadian pastors above the border and pray for those who don't yet realize that this is how it starts. The stage is set for eventual imprisonments for views on marriage, sexuality, and Christian teaching deemed, quote, criminal, quote, hate speech, and, quote, dehumanizing. So I I think really what Costi understands is that today it's a health order, but tomorrow it might be a mental health order or a child safety order. Uh, In other words, if the government ever gains power to a point where people have to disobey scripture or their personal convictions in order to obey the government, you have government-sanctioned persecution. I mean, if the government can tell you to not gather together for church or as a church and to not live in community, bearing one another's burdens and not living that interdependent lifestyle that we see commanded in the scriptures, then what happens is that the government becomes the Lord of the Christians and not Jesus. See, if the government can tell you how to raise your children, how to look at biblical issues like gender or how to view sexuality or how to uh, care for your body or which vaccines you should or should not take, uh, then, then ultimately, again, the government becomes Lord of those Christians and not Jesus. And so Christians are to be loyal to Christ alone, according to, you guessed it, Scripture alone. and But you know, soon the Bible is going to be viewed as hate speech. It already is uh, in so many different political and cultural instances. I mean, at some point, people are going to realize that the idea of traditional marriage isn't a conservative value. It's a biblical value. They're going to uh, figure out that at some point, um, the, the the traditional view of gender isn't a conservative or Republican issue. It is a biblical issue. And once they realize that, 
we're going to see the Bible viewed as hate speech. And soon the Christians are going to be viewed as universal, uh, universally as, as bigots. And soon you're either going to have to compromise or be penalized. And it's a slow fade. And we are seeing that. We're also seeing that. I did an episode several episodes back on the Equality Act that could change many things in the United States. It would turn that boiling pot for the lobster from low to medium heat. And so we got to remember, history proves it over and over again. Um, It begins with frustration, cultural frustration with Christians. It then moves to harassment of Christians. It shifts then to imprisonments and assaults of Christians. And then ultimately it ends in murder and martyrdom of Christians. That's just how it happens. And I need to talk to you guys about the scriptures because this should not shock any one of us. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. John 3.13 says, Do not be surprised, brethren, that the world hates you. Um, John 15.20, Jesus says, Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial. Now, this word fiery trial could mean several things, but it's possible that it meant being burned alive or being burned um, uh, at the stake or being burned on a crucifix, lighting up the gardens of the Roman emperor. Uh, But he says, don't be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Jesus warned us about this. This, should, this isn't strange that the culture hates us and is becoming increasingly more hostile toward Christian morals, Christian values, and biblical text. But it says, continues on, it says, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. In China right now, you can gather at a state-sanctioned Christian church as long as they use uh, government-approved Bibles and have the Chinese flag higher than the cross. In fact, actually, you can actually see videos on YouTube of the Christian or the uh, the Chinese Communist Party tearing down crosses all over China. According to one video that I watched this morning, over 244 crosses have been removed in just the last year. And this is really the big difference between the U.S. and every other country. We have a separation of church and state with uh, religious freedom built into our constitution, and we're allowed to worship freely anytime and anywhere without fear of the government imposing any restrictions for now. Okay, now, does this mean that uh, churches don't have to be compassionate and caring regarding how they gather during such a thing like a pandemic. Um, no, it does mean that we need to be always behaving in a way that is responsible, that is godly, that is righteous. But it does mean that every person is free to worship based on their personal convictions without fear of the law. And this has obviously been the topic of discussion around the world in the face of COVID, especially in Canada in recent weeks. Now, unfortunately, 
Canada doesn't have the same level of protection as uh, we do in their, uh, I think it's their Charter of Rights. And so this is becoming a more important issue to be discussing um, and discussing in our churches, discussing in our homes, uh, discussing with our children. I did a post on Instagram uh, maybe about a week ago, and I wrote, parents, talk to your children about Christian persecution. Don't hide it from them. Show them the pictures, read them the stories, use wisdom, right? We, We have to tailor this to age appropriateness but prepare their hearts and minds for the coming hostility that they are about to inherit. Um, On that thread, there's actually a handful of people that have released several good comments on on books and videos that you can watch that are good age-appropriate resources. You can find that on our Instagram account. I'm going to close with uh, two quotes, one from James Montgomery Boyce, one of my favorite all-time preachers, Um, And he says, in the days of hardship, particularly persecution, those who are in the process of becoming Christians, they're going to count the cost of discipleship carefully before taking up the cross of the Nazarene. Preachers do not beguile them with false promises of an easy life or an indulgence of sins. But in good times, the cost does not seem so high. And people take the name of Christ without undergoing the radical transformation of life that true conversion implies. In other words, we have lived for many years, centuries actually, here in the United States, without much of a cost to follow Christ. We've had a watered-down, fat, lazy, sleepy, sluggish Christianity, costless Christianity for so long here in the West that people who have accepted Christ haven't really counted the cost before they've done so, potentially even having a false conversion. When persecution, the cost of following Christ is high, people are very careful. They're thinking, am I really going to follow Christ if it means it ends at a cross. And these are important conversations to say or to have, to evaluate yourself. Am I actually a converted Christian? Does the Holy Spirit dwell in me? Did I actually come to Christ or did I just come to church? Am I ready to stand boldly in the face of a cost for my job, in the face of a cost for my family, in the face of imprisonment, in the face of having to move to a different place, whatever it may be, are you willing to stand and not compromise on scripture? These are important questions to ask, and we are approaching them quickly. I will close with uh, a last quote from Jerome, who is the uh, author of The Vulgate, in um, the 300s, I think mid to late 300s. He says, the church of Christ has been founded by shedding its own blood, not that of others, but enduring outrage, not by inflicting it. Persecutions have made it grow, but martyrdoms have crowned it. I hope this was a helpful discussion and episode for you uh, in your Christian walk. And these are difficult times that we are approaching, but they are purifying purifying times for the church. And many of us have actually been praying for a purification. Many persecuted countries have been praying for the United States and Canada to have some sense of persecution that will purify the church. And so the Lord is working, the Lord is sovereign, and we get to walk faithfully in the midst of it. So thank you for listening to this episode. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, uh, we appreciate your loyalty. Uh, We have had 
tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of listeners over the last few years. Uh, We have over, I think, close to 5,000 reviews on our podcast, and they really do help the exposure of our show. If you have not left a review, uh, would you consider leaving one? You don't even need to write anything. You just need to tap the stars on your podcast app. Um, However, if you do write something, I will read it. I read them every day. They are so encouraging. Um, And just sharing our story or your story about how our ministry or this podcast has edified you or changed your walk with Jesus. We would love to hear that. Um, On that note, thank you guys for joining us on this episode. My name is Dale Partridge, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Christianity. If you're a regular listener to this show, would you prayerfully consider making a donation to support our ministry efforts? Simply visit relearn.org forward slash donate. Again, that's relearn.org forward slash donate. And for those looking to explore the idea of joining or planting a church in your home, you can download our free PDF ebook titled The Basics of Biblical House Church by visiting relearn.org forward slash house. Lastly, do you have a theological question you would like answered on the show? Submit your question at relearn.org forward slash question. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Real Christianity. We will see you next Wednesday.